for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. This is a special edition of Taking the Pulse of China's Economy. And today we zoom in on multinational companies in China. I'm Lily Lu. We'll take a look at foreign businesses in China. During the first five months of year 2022, China received 47.68 billion US dollars in foreign capital from major foreign funded projects. That number is 40% up from year 2021. So as a bevy of global firms speeding up their business expansion plans in China, does it show an unchanged confidence in the Chinese market and their long-term business prospects in China? How do they plan to ride out the difficulties and uncertainties and what kind of support they would seek from authorities? Joining me today are Mr. William Yu, President of Honeywell China. Welcome. Mr. Enrico Ryzen, Partner, APEC Co-Lead Analytics Operations and Performance of Kearney. Mr. Luther Kahn, KPMG China Deal Strategy Partner. And Mr. Carlo Dandria, Vice President of the European Union Chamber of Commerce in China. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Mr. Yu, let me start with you. You're based in Shanghai. Well, the past few months must be pretty challenging for you and your employees. So like many other multinational companies uh, from either from the US or European uh, countries, they thrive in China. They get stronger in China despite of all the headwinds that they faced over the past decades. So what did you and your company do to come up uh, with solutions to cope with the COVID restrictions and to continue to grow and thrive? Yes, many years ago, we introduced a policy or a strategy called the local for local or east for east. So this means the product, so offering we deliver to China, not only manufacturing in China, sourcing in China, but also developed in China. Uh, second is uh, we have a very strong supply base here in China. They meet our requirement no matter what happened in the market, what happened in COVID-19. The third reason is we follow the growth. Within the last few years, we find out there are several very uh, good opportunities in the vertical markets, like uh, the energy, like uh, sustainability, like uh, digitalization, like life science, and also emerging mass market. So we grow after these opportunities. And let me go to Mr. Ryzen from Kearney. So China is jump-starting an economic recovery now with a policy support being rolled out nationwide. What Kearney China plans to make out of this recovery momentum? China at the moment is, uh, is certainly recovering very strongly. As that starts to subside, um, we're really refocusing on our clients um, 70% of our clients are actually domestic uh, in China and, uh, and really helping them sort of um, really recover and, uh, and start to get their operations and their, their supply chains in particular, making their supply chains more resilient uh, as time goes forward. Mr. Khan from KPMG, I wonder uh, what about the uh, slew of supporting policies that's been introduced nationwide in the past few weeks? Are they truly helpful to businesses, especially to foreign businesses? What are you hearing from your clients? Yeah, definitely. Those uh, policy and the incentive do help the client and also especially the supply chain risks. I think uh, most of our clients still see positive growth in the second half of the 2022. And especially from the industrial manufacturing, uh, from the new vehicle, new energy vehicle, high-end technology, and also from the utility and the mining perspective, those kind of sectors quite uh, have the strong growth momentum. 
And I wonder, uh, Mr. Dandria, what are you hearing from your fellow European businessmen? Uh, what kind of support do you think that they need the most at this moment? I'm really happy to hear the optimism in the room uh, today. And we have seen that uh, all our uh, members, they see China as an important market, 1.4 billion people. There is not a second China. So they are here because it's one of the most important economy of the world. Mr. Yu, China is aiming to improve its industrial power on intelligent manufacturing and industrial digitalization. We would expect companies like Honeywell to continue to make a great contribution to that goal. Which ones do you think would be the most promising ones to bear fruit beyond market expectations? So one is the digitalization. Uh, another piece is related with sustainability. More and more uh, companies, uh, they try to introduce technology, leverage big data, uh, connected cloud, all these AI, try to introduce into their operation and also try to introduce it to serve their customers. The second piece is sustainability. China will reach carbon peak in 2030 and neutrality in 2060. This is a big commitment against the climate change. We also set up Honeywell China low carbon centers, uh, and we will leverage this platform and use our technologies to understand uh, Chinese customers' requirement and uh, modify technology, and more importantly, develop related technology here in China to serve China. Does it mean that China to Honeywell, other than being a big market, is now also a source of innovation? China is already the second largest market for Honeywell and the biggest growth market in China total portfolio. 2003, we set up Asia-Pacific headquarter here in Shanghai. And following this, in 2004, we set up the biggest IND center in Asia-Pacific, in Shanghai. In 2016, we invest 100 million US dollars in Shanghai to expand our headquarters and more important, to strengthen our R&D centers. Every year, we launch over 100 new products developed here in China, have the patent in China for Chinese market. But also, we take these technologies and offerings not only to serve Chinese customers, but also bring to the rest of the world. China is already the source of innovation in Honeywell. China will play a bigger role related with innovation. Not only do the business here, but also innovation here. I would like to go to Mr. Ryzen now for uh, Kearney. You talked about how 70% of Kearney China's business is actually contributed by Chinese domestic clients. What does this tell us about the country's business dynamics over the past decades, how it has evolved? China has become a consumption economy. It's gone from being a, a largely export economy. It now has a, uh, an internal consumption of 1.4 trillion, um, up 17 times from, uh, I think, 2006. We're looking to our local clients, helping them actually re-engineer their products. In fact, Carney has a, a, an offering called uh, Pearl Labs, which is product excellence re-engineered. And we opened our, we have one in the US and we opened our second office in, in Shanghai um, to serve our local customers. So innovation is certainly uh, at the top of the agenda for our clients and, and helping them sort of move forward in that sense, not just for the export economy, but actually to make better products for the local Chinese uh, economy, which is is now very significant, you know, as a country, it now represents 
18% of global GDP. Just the scale in China now, both from um, you know world-class universities, the students coming out, which is again a source of um, talent for us, mm-hmm. um, and and that world-class talent is really helping drive uh, the innovation in in another level, simply because of its scale and its quality. China has moved its economy away from exports and heavy investment by reforming its economic structure and upgrading its consumption. Over the past few years, consumption has become the biggest driver for the country's development, with total retail sales contributing 65.4% to China's 2021 economic growth. China's consumption sector is recovering quickly despite the COVID-19 outbreaks this year. China's retail sales grew 3.1% in June. Let me go to Mr. Kang from KPMG. So, in your recent report, you said that the growth driver in the Chinese economy will be shifting from external to internal. Can you elaborate more on this, please? And how can foreign businesses better seize these opportunities? What we see in the future is more a balance with or more grow by the internal factor, including the biggest. Uh, factor from the domestic consumption and also the industrial production investment. Those are two the important factor while driving the uh, future growth uh, from the internal perspective. And uh, uh, we see the positive sentiment, uh, especially for the industrial production investment uh, in the first half of 2022, although facing the COVID challenge. But still, the investment amount in the industrial production is growing in a speed way, and、uh, it also back driven by the technology innovation and also Chinese enterprise want to move up a value chain through、mm-hmm. those、uh, investment. They create more and more not only for the biggest demand market for multinational products, but also. For technology、uh, alliance and joint venture to tackle more business opportunity in China, and also in the retail front, the consumption upgrade from the domestic householder will also、uh, give more multinational、uh, retailer and consumer goods company the the business opportunity、uh, to diversify their business. Coming up next. In what directions will the future development of the Chinese market go? Build up strong ambition for the digital transformation to adapt ever evolving environment and keep the competitiveness. Technology localized here in China to meet customer requirements for growth and environment friendly. A platform for an in-depth look in economic matters with leaders and decision makers. This is Biz Talk. 2,500 years ago, an old man rode on his buffalo and headed west of China. Before he vanished into the wild, he left behind a book of 5,000 words, which, for the next two and a half millennia, would have shaped the Chinese way of thinking. Subscribe to the sayings of Lao Tzu and find out why generals with wisdom yield after winning the ultimate battle, and how staying behind just might help you get ahead of others. The Sayings of Lao Tzu is available on all major podcast platforms. The rewards of staying the course and navigating the storm are plain to see. This is what the European Chamber of Commerce concluded in its 2022 Business Confidence Survey. 
37% of the members surveyed increased their joint venture shares and are seeking wider market access in China. Not only is there a market of 1.4 billion consumers in China, but the country is also home to the world's leading manufacturing hubs and a vibrant innovation ecosystem. The world's largest middle class population means consistent demand in China. This market, therefore, still has a great deal of potential for multinationals. And Mr. Dendria, so the key findings from your latest China Business Confidence Survey is high risks and high rewards. What about this year? If you've done a survey now, do you, how do you think that result would be different? Over 40% of our members believe that China is more innovative compared to other peer global stats. But indeed, the challenges on the IPR protection are still there. The legal framework, they are getting improved, but as the enforcement of the protection on IPR still need to be uh, reassured at international level. That I want to emphasize is the support to the small, medium enterprises. Small, medium enterprises at the moment are the ones that suffered the most of uh, the pandemic and the mm -hmm. related lockdown. These more or less are in the state of art. So you need more policy support, especially for uh, smaller businesses from Europe to restore business confidence in China. We hear that and China wants to restart its economic activities now uh, a, a post pandemic. Let's call it a second round of rebound. China wants economic growth, also wants quality growth. And as Mr. Yu mentioned, China will st stick with its dual carbon goals. And I wonder, Mr. Khan, for KPMG China, how do you think your company's strategy would fit into China's dual carbon goals and digitalization process? In last year, we unveiled our impact plan uh, to drive the sustainable change for our organization. So in China, we also see the increasing attention on ESG, uh, especially both from the P investor, but also the corporate, including the Chinese enterprise. Second also is related to the digitalization. Uh, in China, we also see more and more challenges uh, from the cost pressure, from the raw material price inflation, energy price, uh, supply chain uncertainty, and also the labor cost, which eventually impact the business uh, profitability and uh, sustainability. Our client also need a more agile and uh, efficient operating model uh, to adapt those ever evolving environment and keep the competitiveness. So digital transformation will play an important role to achieve the lean and agile operating model and uh, also operation efficiency. And uh, we also build up strong ambition for the digital transformation, not only by ourselves, but also a partner with our local China digital ecosystem. Both two topics is quite important for China, for our client, and also for our growth business uh, in China. So speaking of sustainability, I, I should go to Mr. Yu because uh, Honeywell is a high-tech enterprise that has been rooted in China for many years. What opportunities does Honeywell see in China's prospects, especially in energy conservation and low-carbon development? Honeywell do see this is a huge opportunities. We see the strong demand. Customers looking for the uh, smart and uh, uh, energy-efficient solutions. And uh, we work with our partners, work with uh, airline companies. We also have uh, we call the green jet fuel. It can reduce the greenhouse gas emission 
by 65 to 85%. Now, there's another very good thing is uh, uh, low global warming potential materials. It's for refrigerator. So when you do have a solutions like uh, uh, environment-friendly refrigerant, which could be used for e-vehicles. At the same time, so how we could use this technology localized here in China to meet the customer requirements for both uh, growth for both, uh, for and also environmental friendly. So Honeywo as a leading technology companies, we are committed here in China and they use our technologies to customize it to, to innovate it here in China for China. Interesting. Yeah. And the environmental friendly refrigerator. I thought that would be a cold shower outdoors. <laughs> uh, let me yeah. go to uh, Mr. Dendria. So one of the uh, other interesting findings from your business confidence survey is one that says, says that China has been viewed as a thriving research and development hub by many European businesses. What are the attractions? The size of uh, the market, because uh, it's interesting and that the 1.4 billion potential uh, consumer Another point of view is the, the importance that the innovation, the ecosystem that China are building up on R&D and the subsidies they are providing. As I mentioned in our business conference survey, over 40% that, uh, that our respondents said that China ecosystem is uh, quite innovative, if not even more uh, to other uh, related markets. Indeed, the research and development in, in China is something important because uh, our members are in China for the Chinese market. Important mm -hmm. that uh, to have a melting pot of engineers coming from a different part of the world here in China in order to foster innovation. And in fact, uh, I'm not, we are not surprised that Shenzhen is uh, one of the most innovative uh, cities of China because it's one of the cities which collect many, many uh, citizens coming from a different part of China and of uh, the world. Coming up next, putting China on the global economy map, where would it stand? It's been playing a significant role as part of the G20. It's um, really helped stabilize growth in the region. The Chinese market has proven attractive to multinationals, but how to keep it that way? China needs to continue the path of reform. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. I want to go back to Mr. Ryzen. So let's talk about is China's connection with the world economy. So amid complicated global relations, how would you position China in the APEC region's economic spectrum? You know, I think China's role, you are a significant consumption economy. And so therefore, you are seen by other Asian countries as a uh, an, uh, an export market for them. So they, you know, they look at China as, as an opportunity, as does the rest of the world. Further to that, it's been playing a significant role as part of the G20. It's adopted some of the, uh, the G20 um, sort of uh, uh, requirements and it's um, really helped stabilise growth in the region. And I think, you know, that's been a very important role for China. 
in APAC. It's certainly um, uh, looking to improve its openness and its stability and and helping sort of as a supplier of goods and services uh, stabilise those supply chains. China has always been an important source, but equally the investments that China has made in region to you know offer uh, other sources of, of supply from other countries like Vietnam and Thailand um, is equally helping uh, the global economy. And again, you know, China's certainly introduced new measures, um, which has helped strengthen the international trade, providing greater confidence in the international community. And Mr. Yu, so looking ahead, how is China positioned in Honeywell's future growth target? We are pleased to continue our role as a leading technologist uh, to con- bring some value and contribute to China high quality and sustainable development. Development. So this is also the reason at the beginning of 2020, we set up a company, uh, an innovation center in Wuhan to serve the mass media segment. Uh, in uh, last year, we set up a company in Xi'an and also innovation center in Xi'an related with our smart building uh, business. And we also set up, invest and uh, set up an innovation company in Tianjin for smart manufacturers, try to leverage our technologies uh, to serve Chinese customers. A very important takeaway from the test of the pandemics, that is the companies should seek innovation that really work for people, not only for companies, for business, which is important, but they really uh, could have innovation for the people, innovations that are more affordable, Mr. Khan, so China is facing challenges, uh, not only from the COVID pandemic, but like many other countries in the world, we're faced with complicated global relations, geopolitical tensions, inflation risks, uh, rising commodity prices, even grain securities. So what is KPMG's perspective on China's role in the global economy going forward? And what is your outlook for China's economic growth for the second half of 2022? In the past, uh, China is the biggest uh, consumption market in most of the sector, and also uh, one of the biggest uh, supplier market as well in the in the same time. Uh, in future, I, I think the value chain upgrade uh, in the industrial manufacturing area uh, will play a more, uh, more important role for China, which require more openness to multinational company as well. Second, if I look at the ODI, the China investment to the overseas market, I also see the big improvement area for China to play more and more. In the past, uh, China export more products manufacturing uh, from China exports to overseas market, let the advanced uh, product to the overseas countries could be another important role for China to, to play. For the second half uh, of this year growth, economic growth, I believe compared with the uh, downward pressure, especially in Q2, uh, I see the second half can be improved in uh, many uh, perspectives. One is from the industrial uh, production investment perspective, and also we see the advanced policy in place in the infrastructure investment as well, that will incentive the domestic economy as well. From the retail perspective, we still see a, a moderate growth which need more measures from the government to incentive the local consumer to spend more 
rather than saving more under the current soft uh, economy. So uh, I think the biggest factor will impact the second half is really on the investment and also on the consumption area. To maintain the stability of the global industrial and supply chains, China has pledged to continue taking concrete action to promote trade liberalization and multilateralism. The recently concluded second China International Consumer Products Expo in Hainan provided a good chance to demonstrate a clear recovery in consumer spending. With more than 1,600 brands from 61 countries and regions participating in the event, the Hainan Expo showcased China's determination to continuously open up to international players and jointly develop the country's market. My final question to all of you, let's start with uh, Mr. Dendria. Is the China market still attractive for European businesses? China is indeed uh, attractive for European uh, companies. China needs to continue the path of reform, shall have a clear roadmap, shall speed it up the opening up of the market uh, restricted sector, and indeed shall have uh, a better policy related uh, the uh, travel restriction that shall wind up and shall increase the number of international flights. So let's go to, go to Mr. Ryzen. So what is the biggest attraction of the China uh, market? I think the the growth of the domestic economy and the growth of um, companies in China manufacturing for China um, continue to be uh, highly attractive um, for us. The strength of uh, investor property rights, you know, mean that foreign direct investment will continue to pour into China, and with that, that's an opportunity for us as a firm to provide advice to both the MNCs and and the local companies. And Mr. Kang? We do have a strong uh, momentum for our Chinese business growth, uh, which already see in the first half, we achieve a double digit growth uh, still under the challenging environment. So we still plan to ex expand our uh, office network and also local talent acquisition in the next three years as well. And finally, what is uh, most attractive about China to Honeywell, Mr. Yu? One is the size of the opportunity, size of the market here in China. There's so many opportunities, so many availability for different kinds of material, components, and the products. This really uh, help us to source the parts, source the product here in China. The third reason is the talent. The source of the talent, every year 10 million people graduate from uh, universities. This is no, no any country has so many uh, uh, qualified talent and uh, uh, not only the numbers but also the quality. Now gentlemen, thank you so much. Let's bear in mind that the Chinese government has vowed to keep ramping up support for major projects invested by foreign companies and help to address difficulties that they face. So thank you so much for your time today. And with that, I'm wrapping up this special edition. I'm Lily Liu. Bye for now.